are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, we officially have football back tomorrow. This is Locked On Texans, your daily Texas talking news update. I'm John from Sports Guy Hickman, and I'm going to hand it off. We normally do it another way, but I'm going to hand it off to my partner who does the show with me. Cody Davis, and as John mentioned, we are literally a little bit over 24 hours away from the Houston Texans kicking off their 2020 season at Arrowhead Stadium against the Kansas City Chiefs. And ladies and gentlemen, for today's show, we're going to talk about there's a guy that I believe is going to have a breakout performance in tomorrow's match against the Chiefs. I'm going to let you guys know who that is in the second segment. Also, DeAndre Hopkins got paid. Jadavion Clowney is signed. We're going to end the show off talking about basically Bill O'Brien was right to let those two guys walk out the door, whether you disagree with it or not. It's basically the truth. So we're going to get into that a little bit later. But of course, we're going to start talking about the big game that is officially 24 hours away and starting with a former Texan, by the way, Tyron Matthews. Yesterday's media availability, Tyron Matthews was asked about his thoughts on the Texans receiving group. And he said they are still a talented group, especially with the amount of speed that they have. He went on to say that he still believes that they're going to be a problem. And he basically sums up everything that I've been saying ever since the departure of DeAndre Hopkins here in Houston, that, you know, they go from having one guy who can do it all to where they can hit you with multiple threats on their receiving groups. One of the big things that we all talk about is the speed how fast Will Fuller is, how fast Kenny Stills is, how fast Brandon Cooks is. But, John, to be honest with you, I'm starting to get a little bit nervous because in order for the Texans to succeed, I know they're basically going to need all hands on deck. And I I said this too many times, and I hate knowing that this is about to be becoming a a reality and we haven't even reached kickoff yet. And that's injuries. I've, I've been saying it for the longest that injuries is going to hurt this Houston Texans team like it has never before. And I, I want to talk about injuries really quick. And the reason why I am starting to get just a tad bit nervous, because on yesterday, Brandon Cooks, a guy who is going to be a tremendous factor in the Houston Texans success in 2020. On Monday, we reported that he was limited in practice due to a quad injury. And on yesterday, he basically downgraded because he did not practice at all. And I'm starting to get a little bit nervous because everyone talks about the amount of speed that the Texans have. But if Brandon Cooks is not there, or it's safe to say we're not going to get Brandon Cooks at 100%, how much can we put into that very first game when we start analyzing this receiving group, how good they're going to be in the post-DeAndre Hopkins era? That's a very good question. And to be completely honest, we can't evaluate it. We will not be able to evaluate the receiving core, this offense, until everybody is on the field. And so if he does not play Thursday, I look at it as a big disappointment. Um, This entire offseason, at least I know I have, I've been kind of capping for him a little bit. Like, hey, guys, he's only missed – Uh, not even a handful of games in his career due to concussions. And to start off the season not practicing like he did yesterday, and we look around the Texans receiving core, Kiki QT, by the way, I want to add that he he has been practicing. But we have Kenny Stills, Will Fuller, 
Randall Cobb, and then the tight end bunch. And I'm very excited to see what tight end player will kind of take the, the next step over the next. But to get back to Brandon Cooks, it'd be very disappointing simply because we want you to be that top off guy alongside of Will Fuller. And the, the biggest concern is if he goes down before the game and doesn't play, let's just say by the Texans' luck, another player goes now that's very important to this offense, like Will Fuller. Then who are we going to really lean on as far as what this offense was going to be built around, which is speed and space? That's my biggest concern. Also, Kenny Steele's I want to throw him into the mix as well. He also was a 4-3 guy, by the way. But uh, that's my concern right now with Brandon Cooks. I was very disappointed to read that. Of course, you can't tell the body – to act right all the time. I mean, if that was the case, we wouldn't even be having a real full discussion um, if he was out or not, because I'm sure he would play all the time. But you can't tell the body how to operate. You don't know how the body is going to operate. It, it works on its own system. I get that. I understand. And by no means am I attacking the fact that he's not playing because of an injury. It's just disappointing to have the thought of him not playing because of the expectations that you had on not only him, but this entire offense. I think if you plug him in like we are expecting, he does a lot for this offense, right? Same way if you take him out. If you take him out, then maybe the offense is not as potent as it possibly could be, right? And that's what I'm looking at right now. But I will say that on the flip side, that I'm not really big on Kansas City DBs outside of Tyron Matthews. When I look at their cornerbacks, I think that's an area of concern for them. And I also think that's an area Houston can attack if the offense is flowing, in order to have that offense to flow, who do we need? We need Brandon Cooks on the field, right? We need those players that we brought in on the field. And I think there could be an opportunity to win that matchup as long as he's there. And so for Houston, they're going to try to game plan, you know, mix and match guys in to fill his void if he's not going to be on the field. But ultimately, we need him on the field for Thursday night's game. Going back to the injury report from Monday, Lonnie Johnson Jr. and Phillip Gaines, who were very limited in practice on Monday, they actually had a full practice on Tuesday. J.J. Watt, who did have a full practice on Monday, he did he sat out of Tuesday's practice, but thankfully it was non-injury related, non-COVID related, which means they're still taking their time with J.J. Watt, basically low managing him throughout this season. But, John, as you mentioned, man, we need Brandon Cooks to be out there on the field. As of right now, there is no word on if he's going to miss the game on Thursday. I highly doubt he will, but as one of those situations where if he is out there on the field, how healthy is he? To be honest with you, if he's not healthy, I would much rather him sit out an additional week, get that quad healthy. That way we can have him going into week two and possibly for the rest of the 2020 season. All of that being said, and Thursday night football around the corner this season, like I told you guys earlier, get your football on your time with NFL Game Pass. You can catch every snap from every game with full game replays and see all of the plays in just 45 minutes with condensed games. So none of that other flack that you don't care for. You can relive all the gutsy calls, crazy catches, wild comebacks, and breakout stars from every game every week. It's all of the action, all of the football you can handle in one place. And NFL Game Pass is the only place you can replay every game all season long. You can also learn from the league's best players with over 40 NFL Game Pass film session episodes. Go inside the game from players' perspective as they break down game concepts and techniques. 
Learn from your Houston Texans star, Deshaun Watson, or you can learn from Stephen Gilmore, Devontae Adams, and many more. NFL Game Pass also provides access to the entire NFL Films archives. Go to NFL.com slash Game Pass to start your free trial today. NFL Game Pass, where football never stops. As I mentioned in the first segment, I believe there is a guy that is going to have a breakout season this year. And I've, I believe that that breakout season is going to start on Thursday against the Kansas City Chiefs. With that being said, the guy that I'm talking about is no other than David Johnson. Last year, his season came to an embarrassing end as he sat on the sideline as his Arizona Cardinals lost to the Los Angeles Rams. It was so embarrassing to the point he was dressed and they didn't even put him in the game. That's how embarrassing he came. We, we, we all know what David Johnson has been through ever since his all-pro season in 2016. So no needs to go down that rabbit hole once again. But I truly believe that David Johnson is going to be on a revenge towards this year. And, and I truly believe that what David Johnson needed was a chain of scenery. And to put him here in Houston. To put him in a system where you're going to have Bill O'Brien and Tim Kelly, by the way, calling plays, I'm excited to see what is he going to be capable of doing here in Houston this season. And the reason why I believe that tomorrow's game is going to be the start of a revenge season for Johnson, as we all know, the Kansas City Chiefs is just about the best team in the league. But the only thing that's keeping them from being a perfect football team is the fact that they struggled to stop the run. Last year, they gave up a total of 2,050 yards. They actually placed a position behind us for giving up the most rushing yards in 2019. And we all know how much we struggle with the run and just knowing that there was a spot below us let let us know that there are that is basically their weakest position and we all know for any team who is attempting to beat Kansas City you have to beat them on the ground on Monday Tim Kelly talked about the possibility of running the ball during Monday's game of course he didn't want to give anything away but he flat out said if by any chance they feel the need that they need to run the ball, he feel 100% confident that they have the ability to do so, which lets me know. You take what Tim Kelly said. You take a look at the very phenomenal training camp that David Johnson had. I do believe that the Texans is going to be calling David Johnson's number a lot tomorrow night, John. Yeah, and I really wouldn't have a problem with that. Let's let's talk about the Arizona Cardinals for a moment. Cliff Kingsbury, as much as I disagree with his hiring, he did a phenomenal job with masking that offensive line in Arizona and really doing an even better job of making sure that with that new scheme that he brought to Arizona, he did a very good job of making sure that Kyler Murray was protected in the plays that were called, right? But make no mistake. That offensive line was really protected by the same thing. Just like uh, just like Colin Murray was last year, so was that offensive line. That offensive line was not good, right? And let's be honest. And I also believe that David Johnson found himself just in a position where it was no longer his time in Arizona, as you put it. As you pointed out, he just needed to change the scenery. That offensive line was not built for the offensive line that he needs to succeed. Right. And if the offensive line is not built like that, no, nor is a scheme, then you're, you're going to fail. And as you mentioned, also, at the end of the year, he just wasn't playing anymore. Uh, when we look at that offensive line, 
compared to what they had last year, compared to what Houston has this year, um, he's in a better situation. And the Cardinals finished ninth best in pass blocking, right? But they were the ninth worst run blocking last year. Do you, get, you see what I'm getting at? Some players are not equipped or some players are not able to make a lot out of nothing, right? Ezekiel Elliott plays behind one of the best offensive lines we've seen in the last 20 years collectively, right? And look how dominant he's been. David Johnson just so happened to play with one of the worst offensive lines the last two years, and it showed his productivity. He comes to Houston in that DeAndre Hopkins trade. Now he's going to be running behind Lamry Tunsil, Max Sharpen, Nick Martin, Zach Fulton, and Titus Howard. And he is still, even though we were going for not a, not a culture change, but a schematic change here in Houston with Tim Kelly getting the reins to call plays, he's still going to be in a better situation to run the ball. And I, I think that's what we need to look at overall. The talent is there. We know that. Nobody's going to argue David Johnson's talent. I think once you become an all-pro, you have the talent to be good in this league for the amount of time that's meant for you. The only time I disagree with that was when Peyton Hillis, who was on the Madden cover uh, years ago, when he was an all-pro, and I just thought to myself, he just had a very lucky year. But Johnson is very good. And when you look at what we're asking of him to run the ball and to catch the ball out of the backfield, well, he was able to do that in Arizona, right? He was able to get you those 370 yards and four receiving touchdowns off 43 targets and 36 receptions. He was able to do that for you. I can see him having not only the similar role, but filling those similar stats in regards to receiving the ball. And to my point, the Arizona Cardinals were the ninth best pass blocking team. But as he did good in passing and catching the ball, he didn't do so good with running the ball with only 345 rushing yards off 94, off 94 carries. Had more receiving yards than rushing yards with more chances to actually do something in two rushing touchdowns, 3.7 yards per carry. Not good simply because the big boys up front were not good for him. They were good for the quarterback. They were good for the offensive scheme that Arizona wants to bring to the game. Here in Houston, you know, we know that Tim Kelly is going to call the plays best for the offense, but we also know as much as we are expecting him to stay away, Bill O'Brien will make sure that somebody is running the ball. He is a running back one right now. We know Duke Johnson is second on the depth chart. David Johnson will get the touches, and I think he will have a bounce back year. Do I think he's going to have an all-pro year? No, I do not. But do I think that he'll rush for 1,000? Look, Carlos Hyde rushed for 1,000 in his first year ever in the league, playing behind the same offensive line last year. Finally, in his career, had 1,000 yards. Do we think David Johnson is more talented than Carlos Hyde? I do. I do. And so that's why I believe he'll be able to bounce back. If we get all pro David Johnson 2016, I'm not going to complain. But the chances of that happening is slim to none, especially with him sharing the backfield with Duke Johnson. And you know Duke Johnson got to get his touches. So to be honest with you, John, that's the only reason why I don't see David Johnson turning into that all pro running back that he was in 2016 because he's going to have limited touches. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, 2016, was there a, a, a running back doing that season that got more touches than Johnson? I, Holly, I don't think so. But 
it's hard to look at his 2019 season and say he is washed or he's going to be a bust here in Houston because behind the behind the curtains there was a lot that was going on I mean David Johnson came out and said that to the, the 2019 season was by far his most frustrating part of his career he even said that it was more frustrating than 2017 when he was out with that broken wrist so that lets me know that there was a lot going on behind the scene and you know, John, I've been talking a lot about how the first game of the season can set the tone. I am actually happy that the Chiefs is going to be Johnson's first opponent because I just finished telling you guys how weak their front seven is at stopping the run. 10 out of the 16 games that the Chiefs had last year, they gave up over 100 rushing yards. And guess what? <laughs> one, of them has, one of them in which came in a loss against your Houston Texans and the game is which... Carlos Hyde had 116 rushing yards on 26 carries. So I feel like this is going to be a big year. I feel like he's going to be in the running for the comeback player of the year that I'm that I that I'm praying and hoping that he wins because David Johnson, after his all-pro season, he had a lot going up against him. You know, he signed that big contract, he gets hurt, limited production, and then you have to cap that all off that. Within that time, by the time, within that moment that he came back and was somewhat healthy, the Arizona Cardinals went from a contender in the AFC to rebuilding. They got Kyler Murray for a reason because they was that bad in 2018. So he's playing for a contending team, new scenery. He's healthy. People believe him in him in the Texans organization. I feel really good about what we're going to see out of David Johnson come tomorrow and for the rest of this season. I told you guys about Bill Bar, how great Bill Bar is, but also left out some very important details that you need to know. They have 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors, six new flavors, which includes my favorite, the caramel brownie, along with the cookies and cream. My grandmother loves that one. They still have the 12 original flavors, the raspberry, the German chocolate, along with the peanut butter. The bars are covered in 100% chocolate, soft and easy to chew. And this is for the healthy, conscious guy like myself who wants to lose weight but doesn't want to give up a lot of the sweets, right? You can lose and maintain weight while indulging in a delicious treat. The bars are low-calorie, low-sugar, high-protein, and high-fiber, and great for a keto diet. And here's another thing Bill Bar is doing for their customers right now. You get a free cooler with the purchase while supplies last, which is only for a few weeks or so. So, so go ahead and hop on that right now. Go to billboard.com and use promo code locked on and you'll get $10 off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on to get $10 off your next order. Boy, doesn't this train keep on rolling? Doesn't doesn't the apology train keep on rolling for your head coach and your general manager? Bill O'Brien, I, I got to tell you guys, as much as we like to bash him on the dumb, idiotic mistakes he's made on the field, off the field, Bill O'Brien has been pretty hot and right. DeAndre Hopkins, to his credit, and I want to shout out to DeAndre Hopkins. He negotiated his contract, which is worth a two-year extension, $54 million, worth $27 a year. He, he negotiated that without an agent, right? And kudos to him. I'm happy he got his money. It kicks in for the 2022 year. So I believe he will at least get one year of that $27 million. Um, but I'm, I'm super happy for him, super happy for Jadavion Clowney, who 
was signed to Tennessee, we would have to see him twice a year. So best believe Laramie Tunsil and Jadavion Clowney will be a fun discussion. Can't wait to do Locked on Titans. However, let's take a look at what Houston has, who they had to take care of this offseason. They had to take care of Laramie Tunsil, Zach Cunningham, Deshaun Watson. Those three deals got done, right? And then let's take a look at the amount of money that they would have not been able to use if they would have signed Jadavion Clowney, and I'm off his train, really, but if they would have gave that extension to DeAndre Hopkins. He knew all along that DeAndre really wants his money. DeAndre Hopkins has been the best receiver in the game for the last three, two or three years, right? And like I mentioned, kudos to him. But you guys have to understand and look in the hindsight of Bill O'Brien really didn't know what he was doing the entire time. Months ago, he told you the three guys he wants to keep around. All three of those guys signed their extension, signed their contracts. All three of those guys will be kept around. And if you look at the positions of those guys, the most important positions on the field, your left tackle for your quarterback and the linebacker that has been the emerging best linebacker in the AFC outside of Leonard uh, in, in Indy. He knew what he was doing. He knew the money that DeAndre Hopkins wanted was way too much money. And if he would have signed him, he would have jeopardized and compromised the real goal of this team, of this front office, of this coach change like feel Houston has right now. And that's getting the guys for the offense that they're transitioning to. And it just would have not worked with DeAndre Hopkins. Maybe he would have worked in the offense, but not for $27 million a year. And I would, I just want to say once again, Bill, I'm sorry. You know, we, we, we say this every single week, and it's so crazy how something can happen at that moment. You might be mad at the situation, but over time, you understand it and get a better understanding on why it happened, you know? And you and I, we basically have been having this epiphany since, what, last month sometime when we started looking at the contract that Laramie Tunsil got. We started looking at them taking care of Zach Cunningham and, of course, the big one with Deshaun Watson – if the Texans were in a position where they kept both of those guys, Deshaun Watson bag would have never got done, and Laramie Tunsil and Zach Cunningham would have been walking out that door because you would not have had the opportunity to sign those guys to a record-breaking contract. Oh, and by the way, you, you forgot to mention that DeAndre Hopkins is officially the highest-paid non-quarterback in NFL history, by the way, by signing Nick's extension. You know, there's no way that those contracts can work. And to be honest, I think if we would have kept those guys and let and let Cunningham and especially Laramie Tunsil walk out the door for absolutely nothing, I think the Texans would have been worse off than what they are now. And before closing, I do want to say this. John, I don't know about you, but I'm going to be very nervous when the Texans play the Tennessee Titans this year with Jadavion Clowney on the other side of that line of scrimmage. And I say that because you know he circled both of those games and he's going to show out, especially the season finale, Tennessee against Houston at NRG Stadium. I know, especially with him going up against Laramie Tunsil, that is basically the guy that they traded so they won't have to pay you. It's going to be fun, and I'm going to be very nervous to see how Jadavion Clowney is going to just act a fool. You know, I actually hope it comes down to winner goes to the playoffs. 
really. Oh man! Oh I, man! I wouldn't it be wouldn't it be fun when it goes that. to the playoffs? Oh my gosh! How many hearts out there would just be ready to explode if I that can't was take the case? That, man. But I will say this: I think Larry Tunsil was going to win that battle both times. Jadavion Clowney last season was possibly the worst of his career, if you ask me. We shall see. He signed that one-year contract extension for a reason. He has so much to prove, but that last game of the season at NRG Stadium. I mean, the, the first match is going to be, you know, kind of good, of course, but NRG Stadium, the final game of the season. I don't know, John. I, I just hope our Texans come out of it okay. One thing I would like to add before we get out of here is if the Texans would have signed Hopkins to that massive contract, you guys got to take a look at this. Not only would that would have affected who the guys who they already signed, but you have to have a team in order to win the Super Bowl. The pending free agents just for 2021 is Will Fuller, Gary Young Conley, Vernon Hargraves, and Kenny Steeles. All of those guys are very important to the Houston Texans right now. And if he would have signed for that $27 million here in Houston, it would have been impossible to sign them moving forward. I'm Jonathan Sports Guy Hickman. Follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans and like us on Facebook. And as always, I'm your host, Cody Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at Cody Davis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C O T Y D A V I S underscore 24. The 2020 season is officially upon us, so please make sure that you subscribe to Locked On Texans on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Megaphone, Spotify, and all of your favorite podcast streaming services to stay up to date as John and I keep you guys informed on all things Houston Texans. The season is almost here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's go. Peace. Locked On Texans, your daily podcast on the Houston Texans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.